Salutations. I'm Associate Evan. And I am Associate Sam. And this is Movie Night Madness. The show where we discuss movies and other things that we haven't quite decided on yet, but we'll find out as we go. Welcome. I wonder if the listeners at home caught that that was a Demolition Man joke. have you ever seen demolition man i have yeah but i didn't catch the joke associate bob that movie fucking rules and associate bob is like my favorite character (laughs) it's like greetings and salutations i'm associate bob and he like warms up to whoever's in charge i love that guy (laughs) spineless worm that he is (laughs) it's been a really long time since i've seen that film you know, we should cover it or we should go back and cover movies like it at some point. I got it. Like there's a part in that movie that I think about a lot because it breaks my heart in a really weird way. Like um, there's this bit where, see if you remember this and sorry listeners at home, but let's go down memory lane together. Uh, John Spartan is the character played by Sylvester Stallone. So he grabs a guy who's stealing food from Taco Bell. And if you haven't seen this movie, this, this would make sense if you've seen it. Uh, it's a very strange, but very cool dystopian sci-fi movie. Anyway, he grabs this dude and the dude looks like, you know, a Mad Max extra and he grabs him and he's like going to rough him up. And the dude's like, no, please don't. And then he Mm -hmm. drops like his food. And then John Spartan, tough man that he is, still has a heart and realizes these people are just starving and they just want food. But that part where the man like begs him not to hurt him just breaks my heart. There's something about when people beg not to be harmed, that especially in movies where they're yeah. really milking it, where I just, I, my heart just goes out to them. I'm just like, oh my God, you know, like that's so, oh my God, you know, it just <laughs> makes me really sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird, eh? Yeah, that is weird. But then I have the same like thing with like, uh, if I see kids in films or in real life where they don't have like a loving like home or a parent or something so and then i think about how they've never had like just their mum hug them or something and make them feel better that makes me really sad and that gets to me so Jeez, yeah i guess we all have our things <laughs> i just want to, everyone to be loved <laughs> well yeah welcome to movie night madness we got we're getting real right 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 right, yeah. right from the start <laughs> we're getting we're plumbing, getting deep plumbing the depths of uh yeah the deep depths of uh human vulnerability and how it makes <laughs> us feel vulnerable reflexively Mirror neurons and all that jazz. Yeah. So um, do we have any, like, we're, this is our way of checking in uh, without really making a big thing out of it. Yeah. Do we have any housekeeping matters to attend to? I guess there's a bit of a gap in our in our attempt to do a weekly release schedule. But yeah. you know what? It, it's summertime and, uh, you know, there's been a lot of movies this last month and we're not seeing most of them because they seem not good. Yeah. Um, and we're coming at you with one that came out like a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> Godzilla, uh, King of Monsters. That's what we're doing this week. Um, we're just trying to keep it spontaneous, I think. That's that's the way I'm going to describe this podcast. Yeah. It's spontaneous. It's whenever we feel whenever we feel yeah. like releasing the show, we'll get a show to you. We both have a lot of shit going on. Like, yeah. we, have lots of, we have lots of free time. Like, I'm totally... We're not, it's not like we don't have the time to do it. It's just that we... Uh, there's stuff going on and uh, we're just going to release the, these as we, as we feel like. Uh, I know we keep kind of talking about this, but it's because we're still, we're thinking about it, right? Yeah. And sometimes feeling guilty about not 
bringing you our sweet honeyed voices more often. <laughs> yeah. We try our best, but, you know, editing falls down to me and, and, and everything kind of piled up around me this month. So I'm a little bit behind on my schedule, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping that it'll open up a little bit soon. And I, I could, I could do more editing, but then I'd have to talk less. You see. <laughs> True. You'd have to listen to your own voice for like uh, hours on end. I can only handle doing that when my voice on for hours on end has been put through your critical eye and careful hands. Like when you, <laughs> when you were massaging these episodes into place, that's the only way I can handle it. If it's just raw, <laughs> raw, unfiltered, unedited me, I'll, uh, you know, I'll grow another head and have to talk to that. Yeah, which wouldn't surprise me, actually. If if the whole world was like Cronenberg, I think that you would quite enjoy having a second head. Do you? Th so you're, you're thinking like, so this is like kind of like a weird, specific, sort of like a zombie scenario. But like, you're thinking that if um, the whole world got Cronenberg, yeah. that I'd be cool with it? That I'd be like one of the people that like handled that well yeah i think you'd be like this huh. is cool man I th you'd have like your own best friend that you could have these like, ethical debates with and you'd both have the same amount of knowledge so it'd just be an endless debate you'd have great fun but what about all my gooey parts being on the outside um well i think you'd get used to it there's probably someone will invent some sort of like pvc suit that you can like wear that'll keep all your gooey parts together and you'll just be mm. fine yeah so what about you? Would you, if the world got Cronenberg, would you be cool with it? And would you survive and not, you know, like try to cannibalize other Cronenbergs? Or like, would you, would you be pretty upset and maybe like throw yourself off a bridge or? I think I'd probably be cool with it. I'd probably just like chill. Uh, just accept it. That's kind of the person I am. I'll just kind of accept things. I'll just be like, okay, this is happening now. Let's, let's, uh, <laughs> let's just continue with what's happening. Uh, we're Cronenbergs now. So what? Yeah, I'm sure there's uh, other Cronenbergs around that I can like high five <laughs> or something. I don't know. So no traveling to another dimension where we didn't Cronenberg the planet and killing our or waiting for our other selves to die and then burying them in the backyard. Got it. Yeah. Um, now we're doing Rick and Morty jokes. <laughs> like no, like no other podcast does that. I think there's like something like there's probably like 300 podcasts that are just about Rick and Morty. Like Jesus Christ. Probably very deep fuck fuck that shit I will, i'll never listen to one of those no i like rick and morty but man um people really idolize rick and i'm really not sure why because he's awful. i know he's the he's the villain <laughs> yeah he's like yeah i think we've talked about that before a couple times like that people who think that that rick's the hero are like really bad people probably yeah um or just or just misguided i mean there's a lot of teenagers and and kids that like rick and morty and they think rick is somebody you're supposed to look up to but that's just because they're anti so they're going through their anti-social phase where they want to flex on everybody and and you know be an individual and whatever so yeah everybody goes through that i guess in my yeah. in my phase like that i listen to afi and uh try to date try, try to date goth chicks <laughs> and my wardrobe was like oversized um silky button shirts with pictures of samurai or half naked <laughs> Like, oh my god like anime lolitas on them yeah we was, would not uh, be friends <laughs> oh we totally were friends in high school no way. totally totally because i wasn't i looked the part but i didn't i didn't act like a, a, a like a rancid neck beard okay i just looked like one because my a couple of my friends were kind of more in that in that uh vein and they kept giving me their clothes and the funny thing about their clothes like these guys were like I, I was friends with this family and they're, they're all brothers and they're all like seven feet tall massive guys 
and they would just give me their shirts and these shirts, I would wear them and they'd go down on my knees. I didn't give a, I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't care if it, if I looked like fucking Marlon Brando, I didn't care. Cause that's, that's exactly, I looked like Marlon Brando. <laughs> that's a style choice, man. I've got to respect less that. Fat. Oh, I, I got style stories. I used to wear a fedora unironically. Like, oh my God. But that was before the internet like thing, like, or at least if that was happening, like the fedora meme stuff was going on. I didn't know about it. And then as soon as I found out, I had the self-awareness to quit. I was like, nope, this is like talk. This is poison forever. <laughs> and uh, there were lots of things like that where like I didn't catch on to like the fact that it was a joke. And then I would like find out and I'd stop doing it. And I, cause I never understood people who don't, who don't do that. Like I, I know there's people who don't give a shit, but yeah. if you are going to copy the style of like, I don't know, the dude from like green day and you're like, where you're dressing exactly like them, doing the makeup all the same way, you know, at the point where that becomes a parody, stop doing it. Yeah. But some people don't stop. They just, they just lean into it. And I just don't, I don't get that, man. It's like, uh, the minute somebody does a comedy routine about something, it's time to stop. Yeah. That's when you know it's become meme level. Yeah. And, and before memes, we just had stand up comedians and sitcoms making jokes about things. Mm-hmm. Now it happens so fast. Yeah, nobody can do anything because it's a meme in like a day. So we'll we'll all eventually end up wearing gray coveralls and uh, living under a very, you'll be comfortable because it'll be like home, a very gray, never never sunny really, never very interesting sky and uh, like a very UK coastal kind of sky and we'll eat food pellets. Because if anybody eats something squishy, there'll be a meme. Yep. Oh man. It'll be like the meme. The meme apocalypse. <laughs> the meme apocalypse. Yeah. Memocalypse. Mem- oh yeah, good. That's better than mine. Mine was like <laughs> meme memocalypse, which sounds stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this is this is us just doing what we did for a half an hour before we even started recording. <laughs> so let's let's cut this shit out. Um, you know, one thing I will say, and I'm going to say this on the air, and I think like it'll be really funny if you, if you don't edit this stuff out, but I, uh, I, scra- I keep scratching my head. For some reason, there's like a spot on my scalp that's like super itchy. Maybe there's a bug living in there or something. I don't know. And, uh, and I'm sure it's really fucking loud. Like, I'm sure it sounds like, like on the mic, like I'm like just rubbing like my clothes against the microphone. You know? <laughs> but I mean- don't be alarmed. It's just me scratching my head. I haven't heard anything yet, but I will Good. let you know as soon as I hear something. I keep it's having the same issue. Like, there's a guy with a motorbike who's, like, nearby. And I don't know where he is, but he keeps, like, starting his motorbike up. So I can, like, I can hear it and I can see it in my audio levels, but I can't see him. So I don't know where he is. But if you hear a motorbike that I haven't got rid of, that's the reason why some dude is just outside revving. I have not heard a motorbike. That's... Oh. Yeah, well, I'm lucky. I live in a quiet area for the first time in like the whole time I live in the city. So I almost never hear traffic. That's nice. And I, I used to live downtown and in a high rise and it was like the siren show. <laughs> Every time an ambulance is going anywhere, a fire truck, cop car, I heard it. You know? Yeah. I used to live six miles from the nearest town in the middle of nowhere, like surrounded by farms and fields. And now I live in the middle of a big city where there's like constantly airplanes going over the top, like cars going past outside, sirens, police, all sorts. It's weird here. It's so noisy. 
I was saying this to Andy the other day, but I can't remember what silence sounds like because I just haven't <laughs> been somewhere silent with like no one talking or nothing in so long. And it kind of gets to me because I'm so used to having that time by myself where it's like completely silent. Yeah, I get like freaked out because there's like so much noise going on. I get like anxiety about it. That probably changes people's psyches, like like growing up in a place that's quiet versus a place that's loud. Yeah. Yeah, like um, <clears throat> I have to sleep here with uh, earplugs and a, a face mask because like it's too bright and it's too noisy. Like I'm not used and to you it. you didn't have to do that back uh, on the island? No, no, back home, it's, huh. I don't have any street lights, so it's, like, pitch black, it, like, to the point where when the lights are off in the house, you can't see your hand in front of your face, and then it's just, like, silent in the house, like, no noise whatsoever. The town I grew up in was, like, quiet-ish, but it wasn't, like, where I live now, the city I live in, is surrounded by really tiny towns, um, and there's, like, two cities that are worth the name in this whole province, uh, and they're, like, under 500,000 people. The town I grew up in had about 7,000 people living in it, maybe 10,000 if you counted all the lake country around it and stuff and little tiny, like, hamlets and shit. Um, but I remember it being pretty quiet when I was growing up. But probably not yeah. as quiet as, as, as being out in the middle of nowhere. Like, did you live in, like, an acreage? Like, It's just, like, the middle of, like, farmland, yeah. My house was oh, sat wow. on, like, six, six acres of, like, grass, essentially. <laughs> With just like that, I think the the most thing that made a noise was a cockerel, and and he that he was just confused about what time of day it was, so he would like call at like two a.m. That was like the most annoying thing, like when he would get confused about when dawn was. But huh. but other than that, like no, like the occasional like ambulance would go past if they're like cutting through to get somewhere quickly, but no, like nothing. Nothing yeah, usually. I mean... I've heard that like countryside in the UK is like quiet, but I've yeah. never, you know, I've only been to London really. <laughs> yeah. I've been, I've been all over Ireland, but Ireland's so small that like, it's like, you know, you go to a, the towns aren't that far apart, but yeah. I imagine I get, I guess like in the countryside, it's probably pretty quiet there too, but I didn't see much of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like always just quiet, like birds or trees is about the only thing you'll ever hear. Maybe the occasional like, plane overhead but only like someone who's like cutting across the island or something like that and they're really high up so you don't see them till they've already gone i'm trying to think of a wicker man joke to make but it's not really coming together no i <laughs> just just thought you should know I, I bet you've heard a few of those though in your time yeah yeah about cultists and i mean there you, are a lot were... of cultists on the island so you know are there are there yeah. actually yeah Jeez. i mean the whole island's pretty much a cult of alcoholics and stuff so well, yeah, but that's like every fucking island. That's every island. <laughs> every, every city in the world is this yeah. cult of alcoholics. <laughs> exactly. Everywhere you find people. Um, yeah, it was, I was, the, the joke I was trying to make was, or think of, was something to do with when you said that you couldn't hear anything. I was like, except for somebody screaming, not the bees. Not the bees. Ah, the bees. Not the bees. Sorry, I really like that film of Nicolas Cage. Like, it's so, it's so amazing. I, I, I remember before I ever even saw it, there was like a 10 minute clip of like all these parts where he like karate kicks people like in bear costumes and like yells at them and is like, yeah, you, you know, like, and then I finally watched the original and then I watched that one and it was a special time. 
Yeah, it's a special film. I love it because it's Nicolas Cage and it's Cage, mm-hmm. nearly at full Cage. He's like three quarters Cage in this film. Have and you I seen love Vampire's it. Kiss? Oh my God, yes. That is full Cage. And I freaking love cage. that film. Yeah, full that, Cage. That movie, that movie rules. It, it rules. Is. I'm a vampire. This is now. I'm a vampire. <laughs> yeah. This is now a Nicolas Cage podcast. I really wish it was. I'm I fucking doing, love Nicolas Cage. I'm doing cage. my Nicolas Cage. We did a thing <laughs> where we watched our, our old roommate. For some reason, I can't remember if my wife um, decided this, but we had a roommate for a few years, and uh, she, I, I, like, I don't know if it was her that thought this, but somebody had started this thing where he looks like Nicolas Cage. Right. So we used to, and he doesn't really, but we used to watch Nicolas Cage movies together all the time. And, uh, and, and that's how I ended up watching, like going back and watching all the famous ones like Vampire's Kiss. Because I'd seen stuff like Raising Arizona and like Face Off as a, as a really... Face Off's beloved. I love that yeah. movie. But, uh, you know, the full Nick Cage movies I hadn't seen too many of. Yeah. And then I saw Vampire's Kiss and I was like, oh, this is this is what everybody's <laughs> talking about. This is, this is the one. It's amazing. Me and, actually, me and my friend James back when I was back home actually started a Nicolas Cage podcast, which was just us watching our favorite Nicolas Cage films and then badly describing them to each other. It never actually <laughs> like got released anywhere. We never quite got that far. But like, yeah, we'd watch Nicolas Cage films every weekend and then just like describe them to each other. Nicolas awesome. Cage is my life. I, I love it. Honestly, it was going to be called Mai Tais and Yahtzee. Mai Tais and Yahtzee. <laughs> I, think there, I think there is um, a Nicolas Cage focused podcast, but I have no idea. Like, I mean, he does, I guess he does. He's pretty prolific. He has like a few new movies a year, so they, they probably don't run out of things to talk about. But yeah, <clears throat> I don't think they could keep up with like a, a weekly schedule. No. I mean, you could just go back through his entire discography, like, well, movie, whatever you call it, filmography. Yeah. That's the one I was looking for. D- but, just yeah. do it all and then move on maybe to somebody else who's kind of weird. Yeah. I always, like, go to Nicolas Cage whenever I need, like, cheering up. Like, I'll always watch one of his films because I just love him. And, like, or if I'm, like, just feeling like like I need a perk, like I need something to pick me up, I'll just go and Google, like, The Bad Lieutenant on youtube and just watch clips from that because when he when he when he slaps the side of an iguana and just goes what the fuck is with these iguanas on this coffee table like that just like (laughs) fucking gets me every single time because i love the way he slaps it (laughs) and it just looks it it looks at him like don't fucking touch me bro what's that line he has where he's like he's like shoot him again his soul's still dancing oh yeah (laughs) i love that i love that that movie rules man yeah it's really a good. lot, but it's true in a lot of cases for Nicolas Cage. He, he has such a good, like, film, like, history. It's only, like, in the recent couple of years when he went bankrupt and he, like, had to do everything just to be able to get money. And he was just doing anything people put on his desk. But he's had some really good films. He's always good, good in them, though. He's always yeah. good in those bad movies. He's always worth watching, you know? I watched Mandy, which is like one of his more recent ones. And that's Mandy's like, good. that's an amazing film. It's like really if our you, house, but really yeah. good. Yeah. If you like that one, you got to go back and watch uh, Panos Cosmatos is the name of the director. And, I, and the name sounds like a name you give yourself, but it's, it's just the most <laughs> awesome Greek name ever. Yeah. Right. Um, and like this guy, Panos Cosmatos, he made that and he's Canadian or at least he was raised in Canada. Before that, he made a movie called Beyond the Black Rainbow. And I have that on Blu-ray. And I love showing it to people because it puts some people to sleep. But if yeah. it doesn't, it is a trip. And, and you, you gotta, you'd love it, I think. I think you'd really like that one. Okay, I'm going to find it and I'll watch it. 
Yeah, Beyond the Black Rainbow. It used to be on Netflix. I don't know if it still is, but your Netflix is different than mine, so it's, you know, even if it's not on mine, that's no guarantee it's not on the American one. So he's only got two, two movies under his belt, and uh, they're, both, they're both pretty amazing. Um, should, we, <laughs> should we get into uh, the next thing, the next part of our, our podcast schedule? We should, yeah. We should move on from Nicolas Cage before we just spend the rest of the day just talking about him. And so much for trying to... I don't, I don't know how, how short this one's going to be, but that, that's okay. We can do a long one. It's summer. <laughs> um, so uh, I guess it, it's the time where I try to do a funny uh, booster pack intro sound effect that I make with my mouth. Yeah. Can it just be, can it just be that, uh, what I just said? <laughs> sure, if you want it. Yep. This week, yeah. it's just funny booster pack intro sound that I made with my mouth. <laughs> I love so, it. So, uh, you had said before that you had nothing to boost this week. Yeah, I don't really have anything that's, like, brand new. I started watching C-Lab 2021, but that's, like, super old, and I didn't expect to like it, but you loved did. it. Yeah. Is it, like, so. Star Trek Underwater? Is that sort of the deal? It's kind of, it's like, it's really random. It's like these, it, I think it's based off like an actual cartoon called Sea Lab oh. 2020. And it's like if all the characters in that show just went nuts and just went insane and just do things. And like every episode, the Sea Lab ends up getting blown up in some random way. And I'm mixing yeah. that up. Even when you were talking about it earlier, I mixed it up with a live action show from when I was a kid that had a similar kind of title, not a cartoon. And it was like, people underwater but it was like star trek underwater i think and there was a dolphin and shit that's all i really remember oh um, yeah maybe that is it yeah that maybe that's C-Lab, the original well no because it was an animated oh it was live action yeah then i don't know uh, so i have i have no idea what you're talking about oh. <laughs> is is that on netflix or what uh i was watching it on hulu i'm gonna have to look for it yeah um it's really random and really just it's just like my sense of humor just like the random things that happen just yeah, I can't even describe like, it. Do you like stuff like, did you like like um, Frisky Dingo and shows like that where it's like those Cartoon Network type shows where, where like they're really, like the, this, it's all the stuff that, that they did before Archer became huge and yeah. kind of like, you know, um, yeah. so there used to be all these really like random shows like Frisky Dingo that are just crazy. Oh, Venture Brothers is probably the most successful. Yeah, that where sort it feels of like. like yeah, Go like ahead. Adult Swim sort of stuff, like the yeah, really yeah. adult, inappropriate humor where sometimes they'll say things and you'll be like, Jesus Christ, how did they manage to script <laughs> that and get away with it? But like, yeah, that sort of they, like really inappropriate humor just right up my street. It's because they played it at like one o'clock in the morning and like the episodes are 10 minutes long. So you're, I remember there was this period where I was really sick and I watched like Duckman and a bunch of other like Adult Swim or Cartoon Network shows that were all adult skewing and like the Max and stuff. And I, I'm like, I remember for a while I wasn't sure that any of it had ever happened. Like I yeah. was like, were these just fever dreams? Or were these like, real shows <laughs> that people, you know, because the Max, it was a weird fucking show, man. It was weird. And Duckman was like, you know, I've, I've since confirmed that Dunk, Duckman was real. That That is a show that actually <laughs> happened. Uh, I think I used to watch the Spawn animated series back then too. And I have also since confirmed that that actually happened. Um, with Keith David doing the voice of Spawn. Nice. Yeah, that was a, that was kind of a cool show, although really edgy. So now I think I would just laugh at it. But um, 
back then it was it was like something that a 12 year old could really sink his little baby <laughs> teeth into um i've got three things i thought i only had two things to boost but i've got three okay. one is a tv show so remember before when i was uh trying to get you to watch and everybody listening uh a, a show a sketch comedy show on netflix called i think you should leave yes so th- it turns out that the guy tim robinson who who that that's his show or whatever he before while he was doing SNL and some other stuff that he's kind of known for, he had a show called Detroiters, and it was a sitcom he did with an, a guy that's in the sketch comedy show a lot, Sam Richardson. And uh, they did a show together called Detroiters where they're ad men living in Detroit. Right. And they're, they just get into hijinks. And th- the show is really ridiculous. Some of, the, some of the things that happen feel like sketches from I Think You Should Leave. So that it really feels like a nice extension. Yeah. Um, but it's got a heart of gold. It's one of the sweetest natured... TV shows like I can remember ever watching like that, especially because it's like the comedy can go pitch dark sometimes. Yeah. But there's this like sweetness. It almost feels like like, you know, the old like Will Ferrell movies where like like stepbrothers where like the friendships are like really sweet, like the male friendships. They yeah. almost they're like in love with each other, like little like little boys. They're like, let's have bunk beds. Like that's kind of what the friendship is. And that yeah. in the show like it's so unselfconsciously ridiculously sweet. Yeah. That it's almost, it's almost like, like, I don't know, like, like it, it's, it's just, it's, it's a lot. And, uh, but it's really, really fun. And so we've been watching that and there's only two seasons that ever got made. And, uh, the first season we, we watched that and it was really good. Yeah. So well, I'll, I'll boost good. that. <clears throat> you, you probably still haven't checked out. I think you should leave. No, I probably haven't. Uh, and you're right. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh. I don't know if I've ever watched anything you recommended either. (laughs) We're we're both shitty people. If you're listening to this, you're a shitty person too. By association. Can I say that? Am I allowed to say that? I think so. By association though. So you're probably not really, you're probably not really a shitty person. I'm sorry I said that. (laughs) It's probably some sweet, sweet old grandma listening to it. Like, oh, those crazy kids are at it again this week. (laughs) You're a shitty fuck. What was I saying? I'm really belligerent to our to our uh, hypothetical listener. <laughs> I said fuck you to them last like, like last yeah. time. I don't know. Sorry, sorry. You know, I had a tough weekend. Um, You're just really aggressive right now. Maybe I'm a little hyper. Um, <laughs> so uh, the other things I had to boost. One was a film called. Uh, it's a Canadian film, so I'm always here for that. And it's called Level 16, and it is a sci-fi light, but kind of a horror film. And it's, uh, it's about a group of girls in a school, but something's off. It's really run down. There's these weird guards that only speak Russian or Ukrainian, some Slavic language that they never identify. Um, and they have these rules they have to follow. And the rules are all like kind of like extreme exaggerations of like the sort of like patriarchal rules that women have to like struggle with like in any conventional society. Um, but they're just taken to a, like a handmaid's tale level extreme, like they they're obsessed with this idea of cleanliness and the, that what what cleanliness is is really like vague you know yeah. <laughs> they have to dress a certain way they have to be really prim and proper blah 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 blah. and they, some of them slowly start to realize that their things aren't as they seem and yeah. there's some really weird shit happening and what was kind of cool about it <clears throat> excuse me it's not a movie where you won't figure out parts of what's coming like or parts of what the what the mystery is pretty early on like it feels like a movie that's referencing a lot of other movies, but it's specific enough and it really digs into um, its own atmosphere and its own setup and its own like details. Yeah. That it really does 
jump past being derivative into being something special. And I didn't love the ending. Um, yeah. it's, it gets a little too contrived in my opinion, but it's still a really worthwhile kind of really low budget indie movie, uh, that I, that I quite liked. Um, and I think you would, I think you would really, I say that every time I recommend anything, but I, I really <laughs> think that you would enjoy it, Sam. We're practically the same person. So yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like you saw it because I saw it. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we just need to mind <laughs> meld and yeah. like whatever you watch, I can watch and then vice versa. Well, promise me that if you start having dreams, it sound like stuff I've talked about that you tell me. Okay. I will. Uh, and I'll do the same and then we'll, you know, we'll try to develop it. It'll be like a talent. Okay, so funny side note, or maybe not funny, but I always have these really random dreams, like really weird dreams. And for the last couple of weeks, I've been having like really epic, like movie style dreams about zombie apocalypses and stuff like that. To the point, to the point where like, I was dreaming that I was hiding from zombies somewhere in this like chain link fence, like place i don't know there was like loads of like warehouse buildings around me and shit and i could see a, like a horde in the distance and i was like trying to figure my way out like i can remember it and andy woke me up like put his hand on my shoulder to wake me up because he needed to go to work and i jumped so hard and like did that proper like movie style <gasps> like thing and like went <laughs> to smack andy because i thought he was a zombie and he like looked at me with this face like what the hell is going on i was like oh sorry i thought you were a zombie <laughs> So yeah, I, I don't know if Andy would be an adorable zombie or a scary zombie. I don't know. I think he'd just be too focused think? on eating other people. So maybe <clears> a scary zombie. <laughs> like he'd be like a really focused, like admirable, like somebody you could look up to for their productivity. Yeah. Zombie. He'd be like good. brains one, brains two, brains three, brains four, just going straight through. Straight. Just keep <laughs> going for those brains. Yeah. Really brains productive. buffet zombie Andy. Yeah. He'd be getting what them all of- together, like making a big like, Yeah. I think what kind of zombie would you be? Uh, hmm, good question. Probably, probably one of the ones that's like really mopey and like just goes back to the places that I used to go to when I was alive <laughs> and would just like hang around and like maybe like go to the cinema and like just stroke a chair and then when someone comes in, get really mad about it and then go and eat them. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's that kind of what actually what I thought. When I asked you the question, I was like, <laughs> she'd be one of those like zombies that like has a pot of coffee. <laughs> you know, and it's like coffee. Um, I'd be yeah. a lab experiment zombie, I think. Yeah. I'd be one of those zombies that they're like studying or yeah. dissecting or whatever to figure out what's going on. I reckon that <clears throat> even as a zombie, you would still talk like constantly. Mm-hmm. So you would be studied. They'd be like, how is this guy still talking? Like he's been dead be for three zombie. years. <laughs> yeah, he's been dead <laughs> for three years. And I'm just like, I'm like, I'm like the thing about brains, guys, <laughs> doing stand up. Yeah. <laughs> zombie stand up um, eventually they'll just be like how do we get this guy to be quiet like he's been when dead. i was younger i would have been a warm bodies nicholas holt zombie who fell in love with a human living girl yeah and try to make it happen even though the world was against it that, yeah. that would be and I'd then be she'd kiss boundary. you and yeah my heart would start up again i'd be a transgressive <laughs> boundary pushing zombie back back when i was younger nowadays definitely lab experiment talks too much maybe yeah. knows how to fire a gun kind of zombie like day of the dead style yeah 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 yeah. nice romero the smart the zombie that gets woke that kind of like becomes enlightened the plato's cave zombie that's kind of <laughs> cool little little self-aggrandizing but i'll take it um <laughs> zombie messiah yeah let's, let's go all the way zombie jesus <laughs> oh jeez 
Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm all the way out there now, offending every, offending all the people listening who who already think Jesus is a zombie and are like, you can't be zombie Jesus, Evan, because there's only one zombie Jesus. You blaspheming heathen. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, yep. Uh, now we know that. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of zombies we would be. Um, <laughs> my last thing is non-zombie related, unfortunately. Or I guess it could be. I did see Dead Don't Die, but we might cover that, so I won't talk about it too much. It's a very yeah. weird movie, though. Um, and it's probably why I'm talking about zombies so much. Uh, the other one I saw that I want to recommend is uh, another little movie, low budget. I don't think it's a Canadian film, but it was shot in Canada, I'm pretty sure. And it's called The Wind. And it's one of those like prairie isolation, which is a very common motif in, in stories written where I live. Um, I don't know if you've encountered that kind of subgenre of like, it's not always horror, but there's lots of books and lots of stories that are about just like how, Life is kind of hard on the prairies in a weird way, in yeah. a specific way. And this particular movie was about a woman who is hard as nails and her and her husband have to deal with these newcomers that are kind of not really cut out for living out there. And they've yeah. been alone for a long time. And it sort of plays with the timeline. It jumps back and forth into flashbacks and into like the present day. And it's about whether or not, it's kind of got an Edgar Allan Poe feel where it's like, is something supernatural happening or is it not? And it has really effective sound design. So again, I thought of you. And uh, it's it's quite good. Um, again, didn't love the ending, but it's one of those things where it's a just a pretty, it's a pretty like down the road horror movie ending. And I kind of thought that it could have done better, but it's a minor, for that one, it's more of a minor quibble. It's not a contrived ending. It's just like, you know, I wanted something a bit more unusual. I yeah. usually do. I kind of want even a movie that's really conventional and I'm, I'm appreciating how well it's doing it's tropes. I yeah. still want something more, something, you know, and it had lots of stuff to offer. Like it's a beautiful movie, really well acted. The sound design again, really good. So it has lots, lots to say for it. Story wise, maybe a little, little, uh, ends up being a little bit conventional, but it's good. Yeah. Mm, sounds interesting. And that's, that's the wind. I, I don't know. I don't think it's on Netflix, both level 16 and the wind are movies that came out last year that are kind of hard to come by. So yeah, good luck listeners. <laughs> I'll have to see if I can look them up and find them. I don't want to be the that that guy who's always recommending shit that's on Netflix. Somehow <laughs> I feel like it's like recommending McDonald's food on a food podcast. Yeah. It's sort of really like it's not like Netflix shit's bad, it's just really accessible. It's easy to get your hands on. Yeah. You want to you want to do that indie stuff. I want to do that indie stuff. Exactly. I want to chase that that shit no one's heard of and as soon as they have I'm like that was so yesterday, yo. <laughs> but uh but yeah. Um, so that's, that's our, our booster pack this yeah. week. Uh, a couple things, a couple good things, horror movies, been watching a lot of movies lately. Um, now for our, our, uh, news and rumors section, I don't know, why don't you try some kind of segue soundbite for our news and rumors section? I want to hear you do it. I know okay. I'm putting you on the spot, but no, you are putting me on the spot. <clears throat> I'm going to have yeah. to come up. I'm probably going to be copying you there. That's the problem. Do it. Do it. Do your version <coughs> of my of my weird newsreel thing. Okay, let me try. I'm not very good All at voices. Right. <clears throat> and welcome now for news and rumors. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's got some like Chicago 1930s <laughs> stink on it. I like it. <laughs> I was like, I like I'll just it. speak through my nose. That'll, that'll do it. That's how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> news and rumors. Yeah. I don't know if that was through my nose or not. My nose is kind of plugged. I can tell. I know. Yeah, I probably sound 
nasally and annoying, and I'm also coughing and clearing my throat a lot. Sorry, listeners. If you if if sound doesn't catch all those, you'll you'll have to endure them. Yeah, it's allergy season, so I'll let you have some. I don't really, you know, the fucked up thing is if I do have an allergy to something, I don't know what it is. Uh, <laughs> I do have allergies to things, but not the air. <laughs> not pollen that I know of, you know, maybe yeah. dust, but everybody's allergic to dust. Dust is like yeah. just bad. Um, maybe it's just too dusty by my computer. That would make sense. My computers get really dusty. So news and rumors. Uh, why don't you start us off? Because you, you got a tasty tidbit that recalls something we talked about before. Yeah. So last night when I couldn't sleep, I was just doing a bit of Googling around, just seeing, just reading some news and what reading some film stuff and uh, I came across an article about uh, the new Batman film coming out about Robert Pattinson and uh, it appears that our our uh, discussion about it the other week was correct this new film the Batman um is going to be focused on him being the world's greatest detective and there's not going to be an origin story it's literally going to be more about um you know Bruce Wayne the Batman being like really good at detecting things and then going and sorting out the problem rather than this like kind of vigilante character that we've had in the past. So I'm actually like super excited to see this now because it sounds completely different because a lot of people thought that this new film was going to be um, based off the year one comic series. Um, but apparently it's not as much as the director said that he loves that. He wanted to do something that no one had seen before, like nothing that had been done in the film medium at least. So he is, it, they're penning something that's uh, really focused on his detective skills, which I'm super psyched for. Yeah, that's uh, a, a version of Batman that they haven't really done in the movies that I'm excited for too. Um, I like uh, I like that they're not going to do year one because years ago, I don't know if you, if you knew about this, but years ago, Darren Aronofsky uh, was going to do a Batman year one film. Okay. This was before, I think this was before the Nolan trilogy even. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, Darren Aronofsky gets attached to big budget, high, high, uh, pressure movies. And then and, at least for a while after, um, I think it was after Requiem for a Dream, he kept getting attached to these movies and he never did any of them. And, yeah. uh, I don't think it's really his style and I'm really glad he didn't, but he, there was a point where he was going to do Wolverine, um, <laughs> before, okay. before that, that other dude did, like he yeah. was going to do all these like comic book movies and uh, had these interesting takes on them and stuff. Like he was the first one to go, let's do the samurai uh, Wolverine in a movie, you know? Yeah. And uh, like, you know, but that never happened. But at some, on some level, whatever that project was, gets, it percolates for a while and becomes something else. So um, it's cool that, that they're not touching year one because I, I still kind of think nobody should do that. Yeah. We've seen it. Like we've seen basically uh, Dark, The Dark Knight or Batman Begins is, is Batman year one. Yeah. We don't need we don't need more than that. No. No. But it also explains a lot of why Robert Pattinson has become attached to the project. Why mm -hmm. it, he seemed like such a random actor, but actually it makes a lot of sense now because that seems like something that he would be really interested in. It's kind of like a bit more like a I don't know why in my head, but I'm kind of like picturing it like a, a noir film for some reason. Like that's how it feels to me right now. I really hope it like is maybe a noir more, film. More kind of talking. I hope yeah. so, because another rumor that's going around about it, I just remembered, is that there's going to be multiple villains. Oh, and, okay. Uh, and so one of the rumors that coalesce out of that, now this is not a rumor that I think is supported by anything anybody has said, but it's more like people speculating on what a story like that could be. And people were saying, like, you know, it might be a, a case where Batman is trying to solve a, a crime and has to, like, chase down leads and talk to villains from his, um, from his rogues gallery 
because he's trying to solve another crime. So we'll see like these villains, but he's not going to fight them and do comic book shit. It'll be more like they're in the world. They exist kind of like the way that uh, the Arkham games handled the huge variety of Batman villains. Cause th- th- yeah. this is a, a character with a lot of villains and most <laughs> of them are pretty interesting. Yeah, um, I agree. Not necessarily the ones that are, are the most popular. Like if I'd ever see Joker or Harley Quinn in a movie again, I would be too soon. But uh, of course, nobody cares what I think about that. So we're going to get lots of both. But um, I, I like some of those other villains like Victor Zaz. And uh, I like Mr. Freeze. I'd like to see a proper version of Mr. Freeze in a movie. Um, you know, but yeah, we'll see I what, do they, like what Mr. they end up. Freeze. I always like I the heard- Riddler. The Riddler's always been my favorite. Riddler, Riddler's good, but I, you know, Jim Carrey's Riddler was awesome. So I don't, was. Care if, I don't care if I see a Riddler again. Like that's the one. Like, like I said before, Batman Forever is my favorite Batman movie, and there's, yeah. there's many, many reasons for that. Um, <laughs> Jim Carrey being one of them. Uh, Edward R. Enigma, like <laughs> hey, man. Uh, Edward Enigma, Enigma. He's Enigma. the Riddler. And just Val Kilmer's totally sincere acting. Um, so before this becomes another Batman discussion. Uh, <laughs> Their other big rumor, which has been a rumor over and over again for over a decade, uh, is that there is another Matrix movie coming. So a while back, uh, Zach Penn, who is a hit or miss writer, uh, he wrote The Avengers, but he also wrote um, Elektra. And, you know, like, so he's had some successes and some and some not so not so great movies that he's written. He said some shit about having written a script for the matrix four and blah, 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 blah. And then Chad Stahelski, the director of the John wick movies, um, has said some stuff too. And, uh, so it's starting this rumor mill going again about whether there's going to be a matrix four and the Wachowski's one of them, Lana Wachowski is saying or, or not saying, but it's being said that she's coming back. It's being said that Michael B. Jordan is going to be in it, but he's been attached before there's a rumor that he was going to play a young matrix or Morpheus in a matrix prequel movie. Uh, all kinds of stuff. Keanu yeah. Reeves is on the record saying he he won't come back unless Wachowskis do, but that he would come back. Um, and, and you know, the Wachowskis, though, what's interesting about this rumor picking up steam again, uh, and I think that this, my verdict right now on this is that it's bullshit. I yeah. don't think there's anything really happening. I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if a script was written on spec uh, by Zach Penn or that and he's trying to get, get people interested in it. And I wouldn't be surprised if Stahelski was interested in, in doing something Matrix related himself. Uh, cause he worked on those movies and you know, I'm, I'm sure he's a big fan, yeah. uh, but I don't think this is a thing. Um, and one of the reasons I don't think that is because the Wachowskis closed down their production company Yeah. and there, there's a strong rumor that they are done, that they're retiring because they just haven't, their projects just haven't really made back the money that they've been, that they've that have been spent on them. And, uh, that's too bad because they're, they're amazing and I've liked everything they've done. But uh, after Jupiter Ascending and Sense8 being super expensive and not really letting the world on fire, yeah. it just seemed like they weren't going to be able to get anything funded anymore. I really That's hope that, yeah, yeah, you know, and I, I kind of still hope, but what I kind of hope is that they'll make the jump to TV, you know, like yeah. that they'll, because I think as showrunners for a way less high profile and way less expensive and ambitious project than Sense8, they could do a pretty good job with something lower key. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's really not where their tastes run. So I sort of respect that if they, if they can't make the kind of movies they want to make, that they're just going to, they're just done, you know, if that's the case. Yeah. Did I actually ever... really loved Sensei. Me too. I was going to ask if you'd ever watched that. Yeah. I, I thought, I, 
got into it late, but I loved it. <clears throat> yeah, especially that first season was just yeah. geni- it was genius. I like yeah. I love that. Love that show. I actually don't think I could ever watch it again because it would break my heart. Um, and I even like Jupiter Ascending and nobody likes that movie. It's like very unpopular, <laughs> but I love it. I and, really uh, loved it as well, but Andy hates it and refuses see, to watch it again with me. Same people, same people. <laughs> <laughs> we're actually just one person. We're just actually one person, schizophrenic, and just yeah. like, we're just like talking. Taking you, you hear that? <laughs> I'm doing a voice. And I'm so good at this that, or maybe Sam's doing the voice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe you're so a good at of my imagination. Shit, yeah, I, I, I completely like assumed that I was the real one, but uh, maybe <laughs> not. So we're so good at this that we even we even can do natural sounding uh, awkward interruptions and shit <laughs> whilst, whilst yeah. doing these voices. So anyway, to wrap that Matrix thing up, Matrix was like my Star Wars. So I'm deeply invested in anything Matrix related. Like I defended the sequels for years, even though now I've kind of cooled on them. Um, they, you know, they're, I could go on and on, but I really don't want them to make another Matrix movie unless it's exactly, exactly the movie the Wachowskis want to do and that they do it. Yeah. Um, so that's not, that's a bias, but that's not the only reason why I don't think this is really happening. This just feels like, uh, this feels like rumor mill bullshit. And there, there's been two other times and over the years that that rumors like people were saying that for sure there's gonna be matrix four it's like written it's in the can they had directors attached actors attached and it wasn't true yeah so i just don't uh i just don't believe it until there's something really uh like tasty in the trades yeah same i've been these rumors have been flying around for years i don't think Mm -hmm. i'll believe it until i actually see something like for sure if keanu reeves himself confirms it then, yeah. then I'll be invested. <laughs> or like any, like really anyone. And, and I mean, if they do yeah. do it, they, it better not be a fucking prequel. Oh yeah. Like that, that I'm not, not interested in that at all. I mean, I'm sure it would be good. There was a time, especially around the Animatrix and the video games when like Matrix fever was taking over the world. Uh, and I mean, that was a really early, that was, that was a really early case study in how hype is a huge problem for, for like media and how um, trying to do mixed media that, People just can't, like, especially back then. Nowadays, you can kind of get away with it. There can be Star Wars everything. There can be Marvel everything. But back then, when they, when they were trying to do Matrix everything and have everybody, like, living and breathing the Matrix and, oh, if you want to get into the movies, you have to, you have to watch the, the Animatrix and you, to understand this part of it and who this character is and whatever. They, they were doing that at a time where they were way ahead of their time on that. And yeah. uh, nowadays, it would work because the Marvel movies have sort of primed us to accept um, an interstitial interconnected universe that yeah. we, that you can like decide your own level of involvement with. But if you really want the full Monty, you have to follow a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, I think it could work now, but back then, no, people weren't going to do it. They, you know, and so the, the, the sequels sort of fell apart under the weight of their own ambition, which is yeah. sort of like that phrase describes the Wachowskis to a T everything they've done really. And, uh, you know, so, I really don't want them to do a prequel, but there was a time when any matrix related story seemed possible. Like that the yeah. universe that they had created was big enough to do anything in. You it, know? Yeah. It, anything could be done. I think actually with the way technology is today and how far we've come, it's probably almost the perfect time for something matrix related to come out. Yeah. That would be really impressive to shoot. But like you said, it would have to be the Wachowskis that doing it because you'd need it to be. Or someone they them. handpicked. 
Yeah. If they produced it and they, but they handpicked the director, they worked really closely with it. Like kind of like how they worked on uh, how they did V for Vendetta and Cloud Atlas. They weren't yeah. the only creative people in charge. Um, technically, V for Vendetta wasn't even directed by them, although there's some there's been rumors that they really directed most of the movie. But Cloud Atlas, they they teamed up with uh, I can't remember his name, um, which is a shame. Uh, and I'm not looking it up right now. But anyway, they teamed up with people before. So they, I mean, if they did something like that, I could see it. Uh, but it's also really weird to see only one of their names attached. Yeah, it's also strange, you know. Um, so more has to more has to be said before I'm willing to to buy into this. Um, James yeah, Matig. James Matig. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I looked it yeah. up. I need to know. <clears throat> yeah, good. Thanks. I knew it was a, it was. I almost said James McTiernan. That's a different dude, different <laughs> or John McTiernan maybe. But uh, but I know there's like a J Mick something that you know. I know there's more than one. <laughs> anyway so yeah that's that's news and rumors um we're almost an hour in so we should probably get started talking about godzilla which is what we're our focus is this week yep um so uh yeah what do you what did you think of it so <clears throat> let me phrase this um <laughs> do you remember how i said that i love really bad films yeah yeah. To like, it's so bad it goes good. Like uh, Independence right. Day Resurgence, I loved because it was so bad. This is kind of one of those films for me in that I loved it because it was like a big monster bash and I got to see loads of big things like destroying the world and like it was fun to watch. But it's a bad film. It's a, it's a, it's full of plot holes. Uh, some things just don't make any sense at all. Mm-hmm. But it was fun to watch if you can just ignore the fact that none of it makes any sense whatsoever. So that's how I feel about it to the point where I wouldn't go to the cinema to watch it again, but I'd probably watch it again when it comes out on Netflix or something. It's just like, yeah, I loved it, but I know, I know that it's a, it's not a great film. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, that does make sense. Yeah. I love a lot of bad movies and I don't love a lot of really good movies. So it's, being able to appreciate something, even if you don't really connect to it, is a good skill to have. Uh, and it's also nice to have guilty pleasures too, right? Yeah, exactly. It's a guilty, <clears throat> um, it, it was a guilty pleasure for me. <clears throat> yeah, no, I can, I can see that. I, I, you know, I did definitely didn't dislike it as viscerally as much as Brightburn, right? So that Brightburn's <laughs> going to be one of the movies that I end the year just like, fuck that movie. But um, yeah, Godzilla, I don't feel that strongly about it. I, I didn't really dig it. Um, I enjoyed the experience of watching it. It was all right. Yes. I like yeah. the spectacle. I like the monsters fighting. The The effects in that movie are just amazing. But like you said, the story doesn't make a whole lot of sense. There's some really big asks in terms of like what we're supposed to buy into in the drama. And yeah. uh, the movie does not support them very well. So the whole thing is kind of just like, uh, like I don't know what they were thinking. It feels like a lot of movies mashed in together as one movie and these movies are at odds with each other. And uh, like, for instance, you know, um, I'll get this out of the way. One of my big criticisms with it is its cast is super diverse. There's a lot of speaking roles for women and for women of color, especially. There's a lot of, uh, of like big, like we're trying really hard to do like a cool movie kind of feel to it especially when it comes to like representation and stuff. But then it's almost like they couldn't do that without still having the middle-aged white guy stomp into every situation and tell everybody how it is. And you know what I mean? Cause like these things are supposed yes. to be invisible. Like if you're going to cast uh, diverse, 
It should be invisible. I know that sometimes it can't be. It has to be a statement because until it's the norm, until the norms have been dealt with and representation is like more even handed than it has been in the past, we do sometimes need statements. And Godzilla doesn't really make any statements except that, well, yeah, we're going to we're going to cast a black woman as a military commander in this movie, but she's going to be talked down to by a white guy like every scene that they're in together. And yeah. that's that's what they ended up doing. So it just feels like insecure white dad, the movie. And <laughs> um, and it, it shouldn't because there's so much else going on. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, but there's this this the more I think about this issue, the more it's everywhere in the movie, like Sally Hawkins uh, gets a really ignominious death. You know, like, yeah, it, she it's does. like, yeah, like it's almost as bad as is what they do to Numi Rapace in Aliens Covenant and what they do to that uh, that poor intern in Jurassic World. You know, like oh there's God, almost yeah. something there's something so dismissive about it that it's almost like you feel like the director or the writer like hated the character like viscerally in some way. Yeah, like that character wanted to just dispatch them in some some real dickish way that like made everybody made everybody super crystal clear on the fact that they did not like that character the other issue i a big issue i had with it was there's an ethical issue in it that's similar to the ethical problems i had with brightburn where uh the main one of the main characters in the movie is vera farmiga's character um so just a quick recap of the plot for listeners at home who maybe don't remember because it's been a while there's this organization called monarch and they're doing the kind of marvel universe thing where they're doing multiple movies and they all kind of connect to each other. So the first Godzilla remake in 2014 um, connects to this movie, but so does King Kong Skull Island. And Monarch, the organization, has these people in it and there's different factions now that are kind of not sure what to do now that these monsters are like waking up and doing stuff. And Vera Farmiga plays one who at first seems like she's trying to help, but it turns out that she believes in this eco-terrorist cause that we fucked the world up so bad that uh, these Titan creatures are the Earth's natural defense mechanism, and they just go into that whole stupid fucking thing. Um, yeah, it's a it's a really tired way of dealing with environmental issues, um, and it and it kind of cheapens the amount to which this movie actually does a, an effective job at showing and talking about climate change. Because yeah. in, in a way, Godzilla: the King of the Monsters is just a really big goofy cartoon about climate change. And yeah. so that makes it sort of easy to forgive it. It has a very Saturday morning cartoon feel where yeah. the, the busyness of it and the plot and all the like really amazing production value. Like there's these there's these say settings and gadgets and places they built that just look like they cost millions of dollars and they're in the movie for like two seconds. It's like that kind of movie. Um, but anyway, back to your Yeah, like like that bit with the submarine. Like I'll, I'll get into that later. But nah, it's it's nuts. And like um fucking Vera Farmiga anyway. So she's like the, the family story is at the emotional heart of the movie, but the movie spends most of its time on, uh, the guy, uh, yeah. Kyle, Kyle Chandler. Is that his name? I think so. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It spends most of its time on him and 11 from, uh, uh, stranger from, things. Yeah. She's in it and she should have been the heart of the movie. She should yeah. have been the character that everything was focused on. She should have been the audience surrogate, but she's not, she's barely in it and she, yeah. and, and, and behaves in kind of a foolish way. Uh, yeah. But Vera Farmiga is the other part, piece of this. And she, at the end of the movie, they try to make us sympathetic to her. And, yeah, like, she gets, which is ridiculous. This, like, yeah, it's ridiculous. She's supposed to have this redemptive moment. But because of what she sets in emotion, she's one of the biggest mass murderers in history. Yeah. And the like, movie I doesn't deal with it. Yeah. 
I don't understand her logic. That's like the thing that was like bugging me the most in the film. Like the reason <clears throat> yeah. she goes on this whole eco-terrorism thing is because they lost their son in first the God yeah. in the first Godzilla thing that happened. And so she's like, I don't want this to ever happen. I don't want there to be like I don't want anyone to lose their son ever again. Like I never want this to happen again. Releases all the Titans. So essentially yeah. kills millions of children. And it's just like what the hell like what were you thinking like how is this gonna help like you didn't want your son to die so now you've killed everyone else's sons and now you want us to feel (laughs) sorry for you yeah and we're supposed to feel like she gets a heroic redemptive ending where she's like you know she does the right thing in the end or whatever and they're all trying to save each other and try to be a family again but it's like the scale at which she has murdered people beggars sense like like no like when i say one of the biggest no no way no question she's the biggest mass murderer in history like millions of people die in this movie and the yeah. movie doesn't connect to that at all like they don't show it they don't really deal with it they just yeah. leave it you know and uh it reminded me of the x-men movies uh, it reminded me of brightburn in a way too where they try to have it their cake and eat it too but it reminded me of the x-men movies the, re- the recent ones one of the biggest problems i have with those movies is that like because they uh, they they're like every other big hollywood movie that doesn't get pinned down properly or isn't written by somebody with any kind of ethical point of view those movies have no ethical point of view so magneto gets a pass even though he keeps murdering people and doing crazy shit like when he's with apocalypse he does some really really crazy shit yeah you know and then and he's just and then what what is he doing building houses for habitats for humanity and in dark phoenix i have no idea i haven't seen it yet but it looks like from one scene that he's like doing some kind of humanitarian shit and before that he he goes and lives in the woods and has a family and we're supposed to just like feel bad for him and feel you know i feel bad that his family gets killed because of his bullshit but you were supposed to like feel something for him even though he's like this crazy like awful sociopathic monster and i just don't like what the fuck you know like there's comic book logic for morals and stuff and then there's that yeah Um, so i just i couldn't really get on board with that with that shit but I mean, yeah. the movie itself has a lot of dramatic problems, and uh, they a lot of them would have been solved by having the daughter be the main character, and not the not the dad, you know. You can um, guarantee that Vera Farmiga's character in this film would have been on the side of Thanos did nothing wrong. Exactly, that's how this movie felt. It yeah. felt like a movie that comes from that same mentality, but like the Marvel universe has an ethical point of view. The big the big mashup movies always talk about ethics in, in a very overt way. And Endgame and Infinity War are no different. I've talked about this before, but Endgame beautifully rebuts anything it left hanging about the, the rightness or wrongness of Thanos' actions in Infinity War. Um, yeah. Infinity War kind of, like, you know, <clears throat> suggests that in an extreme way, the logic of what he does makes sense, uh, enough that teenagers definitely think it does, but it, it really doesn't when you when you examine it. It's just, yeah. it's just like a God complex... It's just delusions of grandeur. Like any psychologist would probably spot the DSM five issues Thanos is suffering from from a mile away, and be able to say like this is a guy who's got like some serious mental health problems. So yeah. like, um, and in an Endgame, they they really do show that better, and they and they definitely don't leave you with a feeling that Thanos did nothing wrong, Part- particularly by having a cold open on the 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 emotional wreckage that's left behind by what was done and the inability yeah. to, do it, to, to fix it. Right. But uh, this movie comes from that same mentality of like, no dude, it makes total cold moral calculus sense to yeah. like kill people to save other people. It's like none of these fucking people ever took a philosophy class. So none of them know what the trolley <laughs> problem is. They just know that one episode of the good place where they talk about it and, and have a really <laughs> funny dramatization of it. But like, yeah, you know, I've been seeing this a lot lately, uh, a really weird ethics in, in, in the scripts for big Hollywood movies. Like just bizarre yeah. 
like cold, robotic, emotionless ethics. Um, maybe we're building up to some sort of apocalypse and Hollywood knows. <clears throat> maybe, so it's like trying to get us used to the idea that half the population is going to be wiped out very soon. Yeah, there's there's always there's this old conspiracy theory that like movies try to prepare people for crises that could happen. Um, <laughs> but it's goofy. Uh, yeah. I think people. I think the reason why we're seeing apocalyptic stuff is that everybody kind of has a feeling of like, like doom. Our culture is at a is at a is at a yeah. It's at a tipping point. <laughs> yeah. Um, other cultures have been at tipping points before, and I'm sure their media and art had a sort of apocalyptic feel too. Um, but we're at a cultural tipping point. I think that's why we're seeing so much apocalyptic kind of stuff, and especially weird, weird ethical shit where people just aren't even thinking about it because we live in a time where I think we're very ethically deprived. Like most people, I've said this before, most people I don't think have a very solid grasp of ethics as a, as like a body of, of, of knowledge and, and theory that, that humans have been formulating for thousands of years. Um, most people's ethical arguments about whatever happens are, are very simplistic and incomplete. And these movies feel like an extension of that. Like it's a bunch of bros, you know, making movies with bro logic and shower thought ethics, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that this movie doesn't really feel nailed down dramatically or even on a plot level. And while I talk about how expensive the, the set pieces and, and, and props are, they're very repetitive. There's yes. it's always some orange screen. It's always some cold metallic room and the actual set pieces, the big events that you see, the, the reason you're there, the spectacle, that shit's repetitive too. The way that it ends in Antarctica and the way that it, 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 the movie ends in Boston are yeah. almost exactly the same. Yeah. You know, like running away from things breaking and explosions and, and disaster and destruction. Yeah. Vehicles going everywhere, like, you know, and, and monsters fighting in the background. It, it is it gets a little repetitive. It honestly does for a movie that, that has like spectacular um, giant creatures that feel like they could really exist, have a sense of weight and scale to them. Um, they just rely a lot on that, on this like human level, Noah Emmerich kind of like, oh shit, the buildings are falling down and you forget you're watching this and you think you're watching Independence Day or fucking San Andreas or something like that. Yeah. And some of the, and some of the monsters as well, like didn't make sense sometimes with where they were like standing and doing stuff. Like there's a oh, scene. Really? I didn't catch yeah. that stuff. So there's a scene where, and I only noticed this because there were, I saw a meme before I went into the cinema, but then I kind of picked up on it as well when I was in there. But there's like a scene where, um, like not not long after the submarine stuff happens and like Godzilla comes out and up and he's all like refreshed again and like ready to go. And obviously they've been really deep in the ocean at this point. Like he's been really deep down, like by the Earth's oh, core, yeah. I presume, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And then they come up and the, and the submarine's on the surface and Godzilla stands up and looks at them and then he and then sniffs them or something and then like decides to like swim off so then he like yeah. dives down and like swims off and goes down but like he goes under the water but he'd literally just been standing up not that long ago so like how long are his legs at that point like yeah, is he treading know, water like what's happening it's weird because the ocean isn't as deep as we generally think it is everywhere yeah. So there's there's bits where like like for instance uh, Pacific Rim did this too where they had that really awesome opening fight between the kaiju and the and the um, gypsy danger uh, yeah. in the in the ocean and yes. you know and then they go under the ocean at the end because like fuck why not right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I can believe that there's some parts of the ocean where Godzilla can stand up 
<clears throat> and then and then kind of sink in and swim. But it's weird that it, they did it then because, like you were saying, with the submarine, he goes really he goes so deep down. Nobody's ever been there because, like, oh look, it's Atlantis down yeah. there. And uh, and that's where Godzilla lives. And the scale is insane. Godzilla looks small around yeah. all these statues and buildings and stuff. And um, and then you know he was just standing like you know just the geography doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You're right. Um, but how about them nuking Atlantis? Yeah, I know. What a like, crazy what a crazy baller move. That's something like Michael Bay would do. Yeah, like and you've it, just found Atlantis. It's been missing for thousands of years. People have been researching it for God knows how long trying to find it. You've literally just found it by accident. Immediately nukes it. Like no yeah. attempts at like scanning it while you're down there. No attempts at like taking pictures or anything. No attempts to like quickly send some drone rounds, drones around to take videos or anything. Like take some artifacts, anything. Like you're waiting for Godzilla to do something. Someone from the science crew could have done something. But no, let's just nuke it. And and then presumably you don't know where you are. So no one can like go and check it out again. Like, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, that, like I just felt like a weird flex. Like, let's yeah. let's confirm it last exists. Let's set, let's set up this idea, this lore that uh, Godzilla like like existed back then and that the Atlanteans worshipped Godzilla and imply that there was another big Titan fight. And that's what sunk Godzilla. Like So like a pretty neat, interesting kernel of lore that could have yeah. been teased out or been some part of the plot and wasn't. It's just like a moment. And then they're like, oh, let's just fucking nuke it. And I yeah. mean, I think I never thought about this till I said it, but th this is basically a Michael Bay movie. Yeah. Like every problem Michael Bay movies have from the silly, bad, nobody would ever say it like this dialogue to the spectacle for spectacle's sake, the weird, like the weird, like one foot forward, two, two feet back, like gender <laughs> and representation stuff. You yeah. know, it doesn't have his weird mean streak. Exactly. The Sally Hawkins death is like almost there, but not quite. But yeah. it does feel like a Michael Bay movie. Yeah, it really does. The amount of explosions and shit. Yeah. Oh. And I mean, Michael Bay is a weird, interesting guy and all his movies are weird and interesting. I think he's probably like a, 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 a monster. Like, I, I feel like Michael Bay is probably... Uh, not a good person, you know, like, but I don't know, you know, there, there's been rumors yeah. about him, but, but I just feel like he's an interesting guy at least, you know, but, but like the guy who made this Michael Doherty, it just feels like, you know, he's almost doing a, doing a Michael Bay himself. And I mean, this guy though, he never really made any big movies like this before. He's written some, some good, some bad. Uh, yeah. Like he wrote X-Men Apocalypse, which is fucking terrible, um, <laughs> but he's never directed a movie like this size. And, uh, it kind of shows maybe. Like, it looks good, but, like, the special effects are excellent. But how much of that was on him, you know? Yeah. A lot of that probably got pre and set up by other crews. Um, you know, like, like it feels like anytime there was anything, like, where a director would excel, like, the dramatic beats, uh, just the scenes, the acting, making sure the dialogue actually was, like, something that you could, like, listen to and not cringe. It's just, yeah. like, he fucked all that up. He tends to write all the films that he directs as well. Well, he didn't write Superman or, or he didn't direct Superman Returns either. And that movie, I could say, has some of the same writing problems this one does. Yeah. So he, he mostly does like horror films by the by looks yeah. of things. I'm like, and I'm I, just I like on Trick his or IMDb. and Krampus well enough, you know? Yeah, exactly. But maybe that's yeah. more his lane. He wrote X-Men 2 as well. I don't like that one, though. That, that's no. the most, one of the most overrated comic book movies ever. But people do like it. See, okay, so he 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 helped write Godzilla versus Kong, which is the next one. But Adam Wingard is directing it, and Adam Wingard 
is a, a, a decent director, but uh, I don't think he's ever made a movie that big either. But I really like yeah. his stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, so that'll be it. And he's a horror director too. He's a horror guy originally. So that'll be interesting. Um, and, you know, I thought after this movie, and I'll be interested to see what you think about this, but I thought that, that the way that this would work um, is that Godzilla can, can, like, none of the characters come back from, um, from Godzilla, or sorry, from, uh, from Kong. No. Um, because it takes place in the 60s. And then, you know, the world basically ends in this movie. Like, whatever world we see in the next movie will be post-apocalyptic to a significant extent. At least it better be, otherwise they're they're retconning. But they're bringing (laughs) back a Millie Bobby Brown. A Millie Bobby Bow. Sorry, yeah, probably something. Yeah, Millie Bobby. No, I can't even say that. Yeah, yeah, there you go. (laughs) That was really loud, I'm sorry. That's okay. No, no, it was not loud. But uh, yeah, Millie Bobby Brown, 11 from Stranger Things, she's coming back. But the other cast, none of the same people are in it. They killed off half of them for this one. But uh, O'Kyle Chandler's coming back. Yay. Um, <laughs> but they got Alexander Skarsgård, who I like. They got, Ooh, uh, yeah. yeah, they got, well, Z, Z Zhang's coming back. Or Zhang Z, I should say. Um, I like her. Danny yeah. Guerrero's rumor, rumored. Um, Danny Guerrero is, or Danae Guerrero, I think is how you say it. She's um, Michonne on The Walking Dead. And she's oh, uh, nice. Okoye in... Uh, the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Um, so, so it looks like an interesting cast. Like, they put good cast together for these movies. Yeah. Um, but, like, speaking of Zhang uh, Ziyi, um, the other thing that was weird about, about King of the Monsters is it had that feel of, like, Chinese money dictating Chinese content. And, yes. And usually, like, that doesn't bother me. But uh, when it's done well, but there's this there's this bit where they're in Vietnam or something, and there's a Chinese woman who looks exactly like Zhang Ziyi. Like I think it's supposed to be her mom. Yeah, and she's there, and she's there with the, the black dude whose name I can't remember from. Um, and I only say black dude because it'll help people listening remember the scene. Uh, he was in Terminator Two. He yes. played Dyson. So th- they are in that one scene, and they're part of Monarch, but they're in that scene, and that is fucking it. And you yeah. never see them again. You don't know really who they are. That that just felt bizarre to me. And yeah. there's this is a subplot with Zhang Ziyi and her mom and her connection to Mothra that they never do anything with. So there's yeah. a scene where she's like closing her eyes and she's like feeling Mothra or something. And it yeah. seemed really goofy. And I know, or I don't know, but I think in the Godzilla movies in Japan, um, there is some kind of thing where Mothra has like a human connection to somebody and like it's some kind of thing. Yeah. No, look, Zhang Zi played two characters in Godzilla King of the Monsters. Oh, so she, so she played, played both herself of them. and her mom. But, like, who the fuck were they? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, she's in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so she, and she rules, but, like, she needs to fire her agent, or at least her American agent. Yeah. It's, she deserves yeah. better. She does. And, like, the amount of monsters that were, like, popping up all over the place as well, like, I like that, kind of. It felt like a bigger world, but I wish we could have seen more of them. Yeah, that's exactly what the, my point is. Like, Oh, okay. That's what yeah, you're with this. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 we should have seen, like, more of them. And then, like, they all turn up at the end, and they're all, like, bowing down to Godzilla because oh, he's, like, the king yeah. now or something. I, and I was just like... <laughs> I hated that. I hate... The, see, that's that fucking... Look, that's that fucking How to Train Your Dragon shit. Yes. This yes. idea like, that he's these the fucking... Alpha. Yeah. yeah, yeah, these bros snorting cocaine and fucking writing movies 
or like, <laughs> oh yeah, it's, somebody's got to be the alpha, you know? And it's like, yeah. no, man, it's not like, like there are alphas, there are hierarchies in, in the animal kingdom. Alpha is sort of a stupid word for it because the connotations are, are garbage. Yeah. Um, but this idea of like alphas and like, it's, it's just, it, it, it's, it's something that men obsess about because yeah. they want to be whatever that is. It's an, yeah. it's an archetype we've created that's aspirational. And then it starts popping up in our fiction in really goofy fucking ways. And I, it yeah. kind of worked in how to train your dragon. Cause it's fantasy. Yes. Um, and it's dragons and, and whatever in this, it's just like, nope, nope, nope. And yeah. They bow. Um, yeah. And they bow and, and also as well, when they use that, whatever she calls it, the orca or something, and they're yeah. trying to figure out how they're controlling the the titans. And, and then he's like, oh, I know what she's used now. And they she's like yeah. mixed human vo- voices in with it to make a new alpha-san. No, and it's I was not even there, voices. Like, it's biorhythms, whatever the fuck that is. Yeah, I was just like, why would these titans listen to humans? They like they know how tiny we are and that they could just stamp on us whenever they want to. Like They're not going to listen to us. Like, well, and that, that made no sense to me. It does suggest something interesting. I think what they're trying to do there is, like, just like with the Atlantis stuff, is they're trying to suggest that there is some kind of uh, connection between the Titans and humans, you know? Right, yeah. But, but like, they don't do anything with it. No. So what's the point, you know? Like, yeah. You know? Anyway. The, whole, the whole plot of this film is essentially pointless, like, yeah, it was just a, it was just doing something. I just enjoyed it for the spectacle. I think I know but. we're complaining a lot. But like it wasn't like it wasn't awful. Like I didn't want to walk out of it. Like I wasn't really bored. I mean, there were a few times where I got close. Yeah, um, I usually don't get bored in big, crazy destruction action scenes. Yeah, but uh, uh, this one, this one did kind of it dragged in places mm-hmm. for sure. But like when it got into the action and and the big spectacle stuff like it was like it had me on the edge of my seat in, in some places but yeah it uh it lacks it needs it needed something and i i don't know what it was that it needed yeah which is which is not a very good review i, I just I think now. it well it just it needed a better dramatic through line like kong skull island had a little too much going on and like yeah. because it because it had so much going on i feel like that's why uh john c Riley sort of saved the movie um, yeah, but that one, some of the dramatic beats worked out really, really well. And there's also the fact that Scott Kong Skull Island is like a, it's almost a clip show of other movies. Like there's the Vietnam shit that's in there. There's the like 1920s adventure serial stuff. There's even a little bit of Thin Red Line in that movie where the yeah. soldier poetically like connects to the land and like, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's got a lot of stuff going on in it. And, um, all of the stuff that's going on in it is interesting and none of it is dumb. Some of it's yeah. like not developed enough, um, but you know, it's got a lot going on. So this movie has the opposite problem. <clears throat> a lot of, well, sort of a lot of stuff going on, but none of it is good and it's all dumb and there's yeah. no dramatic beats in it that work. So yeah. it needed that kind of, it needed, it needed a vision. Like Kong Skull Island felt like a movie, like a, a piece, like something somebody was trying to do, like that felt like a story somebody was trying to tell a specific thing that somebody was trying to get out there in the world. This movie just felt like mayhem for mayhem's sake a little bit. Like it felt like the only part where anybody gave a shit was in designing these creatures and the scenes yeah. that they were in. And that's yeah. the only part of the movie that really works, but it works so well that it kind of carries the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So we didn't, we didn't love it. 
we have mixed feelings. Um, it's probably worth watching once. And if you're going to see it, maybe, uh, see it in the theater because that's the best way to see a movie like this. Yeah. Just for the, for the epicness and, and, you know, the sound design was pretty good, you know, in places. And so that's worth getting in surround sound for is just to hear it. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't expect great things from it. I mean, most people would have watched it already if they're listening to this anyway, so they probably know what we're talking about. But, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting film. I'll give it that. I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll watch it again at some point in the future, just like I watch the original Godzilla all the time. Well, not the original, but the, the Godzilla in this series. I oh, really? really? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I have like some of the same problems with that movie that I have with this one. There's things yeah. in it that I like so much, but the 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 the, the perspective they chose, uh, the way they executed the story, just felt like completely the wrong choice. Like they didn't really yeah. think it through. But I mean, I you know I've seen that I've seen that one twice, and that one has some shots in it, just like this one does, that are just like Chef's Kiss, hang it on your fucking wall. Like, <laughs> so the spectacle is the goods. So if you're yeah. worried that this movie is going to be boring or it's not going to have cool monster shit or it's not going to have shots that'll make your like hair stand on end, it has all of those things. But yes. the trailer showed that and did that a really good job. The trailer made me very excited to see this because I was yeah, like, same. if that's what they're showing in the trailer, what the fuck else is in the movie? And the answer yeah. to that, unfortunately, is not much. The trailer, yeah. <laughs> all the money shots are in the trailer, which yeah. is which is like a choice that I get. But at the same time, I'm like, I wish that hadn't been the case. Yeah. But uh, the, 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 the one trailer with that classic music song or whatever is, uh, is amazing. Um, it's a very good trailer. And I'd argue the trailer is better than the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so that does happen, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you get good editors for your trailers. Yeah, better like editors Sin, than Sin actual City, film editors. <laughs> my two favorite examples are Sin City and Man of Steel. Those are both yes. movies where the, where the trailers are much better than the movies. Yeah, I agree. I used to watch the Sin City trailer on repeat. I'd never <laughs> seen anything like it. I was so, it was right up my alley, man. But the movie yeah. is, is fucking garbage. It's so <laughs> badly edited. It's like they they were shooting, it's just because Robert Rodriguez loves technology a lot. And he was, yeah. he was like, he's like, ooh, I can do these shots where the two actors aren't even in the same building. They're not even in the same country in some cases. And he composes yeah. them together and he thinks it looks good and it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Plus the, all man. that all that shitty noir uh, dialogue that Frank Miller wrote just doesn't work as well when it's being acted by people who don't really get it. Yeah. So a few few of the actors they stunt cast in those in those in the two Sin City movies really could pull it off. Yeah. You know. Um, and some of that, like you know, when I think about Sin City, some of the actors that were really good surprised me. Like uh, I didn't think Clive Owen would be so good at it, and he was great at it. Yeah. Yeah. I liked Elijah Wood in it, but uh, I did but, too. It was a weird role for him, but yeah. But he always goes for these really weird roles. <clears throat> yeah, that's Mickey Rourke's movie though. Like Mickey Rourke is is so good in Sin City. He's yeah. the only reason I ever rewatch it because that's like an iconic performance. But Elijah Wood, speaking of him, those scenes where him and and Mickey Rourke are fighting, they were never in, they were in the same country. <laughs> that's why they look yeah. so so stupid. You know. Yeah. My favorite part of Sin City and the part that I can watch more than once is the that yellow bastard, the Hardigan uh, Bruce Willis. Uh, yes, yes. I can watch that one, <clears throat> and the Marv one's pretty good, but man, yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, this is now a Sin City podcast. <laughs> we've we've skipped genres and we've gone straight yeah. from Godzilla, King of the Monsters to uh, Sin City. Well, the the to recap, the point is the trailer for Godzilla is better than the movie, in my opinion. Yeah. And I guess Sam agrees. So see, go yeah. in with lower expectations. You might enjoy it a lot better than we did. Yeah, it's good for monster fair, not so good for plot. That's mm-hmm. that's the uh, so I yeah I think most people if they enjoyed it, it will simply be because they liked the wanton destruction and the giant freaking titans just being beasts all over the shop but uh yeah i wish that i wish that they'd done more with it and i didn't enjoy the plot like line that they were going along it just didn't make any sense to me and yeah atlantis really upset me because i love (laughs) i love the idea of there being like some city on the bottom of the ocean that we don't know about and I would love to go to Atlantis if it was a real place. So the fact that they just like nuked the ever living fuck out of it is just like really upsetting to me. All yeah, that history if, lost. If Wingard or any of the writers, there's just three of them already on the next one are listening. Guys bring back some of this idea of ancient civilizations and their connection. Go back to it. Get us some more ruins. It, yeah. it, was, in, it was in this movie that there was like enough of it to like hint at, at a cool subplot that you could make out of that but that is a better angle than high-tech super company fucking can't decide whether it wants to save the world or burn it down yeah because here's the thing as well like how much could they have learned about godzilla from the writings on the wall in atlantis like how much could they have learned away about ancient civilization and how they lived together with the titans like surely i thought that's where they were going with it that like oh look ancient humans lived in peace and harmony with godzilla like let's learn from the writings on the wall about how we can keep him happy and how you know we can live in peace with these giant monsters but no they're like oh this guy who's been like a scientist of studying these titans for a really long time his girlfriend slash co-worker has just died in a really stupid way in antarctica or the arctic or wherever they were and then and now he's like oh i'm just gonna go kill myself in this like nuclear freaking hellhole yeah it made no sense like that really annoyed that's the bit that really annoyed me we'll pull one out for atlantis yeah we will rip rip atlantis yeah Uh, what is it? Uh, something in Pachi. I, I want to do the Latin version from Assassin's Creed. Requiem uh, something il Pachi. Something like that, yeah. God damn. All right, whatever. It's now an Assassin's <laughs> Creed podcast. <laughs> Michael Fassbender, Vanity Project. He's shirtless through half the movie for no reason. Fuck that movie. <laughs> anyway, hope the listeners enjoy that. It didn't I'm sure do anything. They will. To, didn't do nothing to clear my throat. <laughs> no. Should we? Should we try a haiku for Godzilla? We could try. So Godzilla itself is like Godzilla, uh, three fucking syllables. So, right. uh, uh, hmm. let's try dumb alpha lizard. <laughs> dumb alpha lizard lizard. Is lizard three syllables? It's just two. Oh. Lizard. lizard. At least it is the way we speak it. On this side of the con- of the pond. Lizard. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Lizard. Make it Liz- one. Lizard. Do some poetic license. Lizard. <laughs> uh, so that's a good, I think that'll work for a good first or last line. 
dumb um, alpha is. I want to yeah. say something about the humans being dumber. Uh-huh. In the middle line, but 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 take take your take it away. Like you, the okay. middle line is is yours this week. So so whatever your vision is, I stand by it. Uh, mass extinction isn't is not cool. <laughs> is that seven? I think so. Mass mass extinction is not cool. Humans. Humans uh, are, are the worst. dumb fucks. I'm gonna go with K. Let's go with this. K. Dumb, dumb alpha lizard. Mass extinction isn't cool. Uh, oh, what was humans? Uh, are the worst. Human humans are the worst. Yeah. Okay. Kay. So let, let, let's uh, let's put some stink on it. Um, <laughs> some stink right. on it. <clears throat> no clapping. No clapping. I'm doing okay. Shh. I'm doing my haiku voice. All right. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> dumb alpha lizard. Ma- mass extinction isn't cool. Humans are the worst. I'll take that. That's our movie review haiku for Godzilla, King of the Monsters. <laughs> Look, these, are, these, these aren't great. If we had more time, we could make up better ones. But you know, we don't do it like that. How we do it on Movie Night Madness with Sam and Evan, or Evan <laughs> and Sam, or some kind of amalgamation of the two of us if we are the same person. Uh, the way we do it, Smevin. <laughs> Wait, did you say Smevin? Smevin. <laughs> Smevin. That's almost like somebody who called me like trying to say, you're smelly, Evan. You're Smevin. Um, but uh, we like to do it spontaneously and impromptu. We do not plan these haikus ahead. They're the best yeah. we can come up with in five minutes. And honestly, unless you do this kind of shit all the time or you're some kind of gifted like haiku savant, I don't want to hear it because we let's see here. I go getting belligerent with our audience. Again. <laughs> anyway, this is why we don't have any listeners. You keep telling probably, them to I fuck off. them all away with my with my belligerence. But we uh, we uh, you know we do we do you know you try it. It's hard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, right? I'm, I'm sorry. Feeling in, I'm feeling I'm insecure about, about our about our haikus this week. All I want to um, do is write a haiku, and you keep coming after me. Right. Yeah, they're they're on they're on the Twitter, just <laughs> just sharing memes of us trying to haiku. Yeah. It's the meme of that moth, like, like that old meme. I'm going to date myself right now. Uh, <laughs> moth coming to come the flame or whatever, and it's like something to do with haikus and not reaching for what you cannot grasp. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> um, that's our show for this week. Whoop. That's our outro music. No, we have actual outro music. Yeah. Where can we find you online, Evan? I am still at Evan Todd McCoy on Twitter. Um, haven't been on there much lately, but nobody who's listening to this is tweeting me anyway. So maybe make a change guys and I'll show up on Twitter more often. Maybe. How about you, Sam? Yeah. I'm at Sam underscore Jane with a Y on Twitter. Um, yeah. And if you want to get in touch with us with maybe slightly better haikus that you've written that we'll read, can't guarantee we'll like them, but uh, we'll read them on the air too. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll do our best. Um, you can email us at, uh, movie night S n e at gmail.com and uh i will receive your email and i will read it and i'll probably get back to you and then we'll probably read it together on the podcast if that's what you want if that yeah we're here to do what you want not what we want yeah that's, that's what <laughs> as you <if>. think <laughs> as as that's what we want you to think yeah so i'm gonna lead us out this week uh Ooh. by doing uh uh, a script that I found online that has been big news this week that a guy made uh, a bot read 
or watch a load of Keanu Reeves films and has written a script. So I thought, what better way to lead us out than to do just the first page or just the first section of that script? And I'll try and do some voices. How does that sound? I am excited. Okay, so just just wait. Just I'm going to try my best here, okay? So, John Wick, chapter Portobello. External, Weapon City. John Wick, the retired murder man we like, looks for his dog. John Wick, come here, dog. I love a live dog. John sees big mob man shoot his dog into afterlife. John Wick continued. <laughs> no, that dog was my dead wife. Now it is dead like my dead wife. Big mob man. I cannot. My father is Russia. John Wick. I am retiring from being retired. John reaches into his mouth and pulls out a pistol. 59,000 mob men get out of a cool car and throw bullets at John. John guns 17,000 of them in the head. They hate that. John Wick continued. Foolish. You should not have brought your heads. Foolish. There we go. That was, that was the first page. Wow. <laughs> is there more? There is more. Okay, we're going to do more next week, guys. And maybe we can see if we can find other shit like this, because this is fucking hilarious. I was, like, biting my hand because I didn't want to laugh so loud that you wouldn't be able to hear. Good good reading, by the way. That's a good dramatic read. There's some rhythm Thanks. in there. I was trying my best. I like big oh mob men. Oh, my God. Murder man we like. There's nothing. There's no truer. Like, even our John Wick 3 comments, like, that is the best summation of John Wick as a character that I could ever imagine. Yeah. Murder man that we like. Yeah. The AI gets it. Completely non-judgmental too. Like like I would be judgier if I was to try to describe the appeal of characters like John Wick. Like I would, I would want to like do some kind of like Scorsese ish, like turning the mirror on people for, and like making us rethink why we like the things we like. Maybe the problem isn't murder, man. It's us, you know, but uh, (laughs) I like that the AI is non-judgmental about it. Yeah, me too. So more of that next week. Yes, definitely. uh, After we review Chucky. Yeah, we're going to do Chucky next week. And if you kids at home uh, have any uh, ideas what other segments you'd like to see that like nobody else you listen to is doing, we're on the hunt for stuff like that. Like we like our booster pack. We like our news and rumors. But we, you know, there's we, we, like this is getting to be kind of more variety show. I think we're starting to lean into the fact that our review is really about half what we do. And that's fine, yeah. you know. Uh, I, I don't mind doing that, you know, like because that way it feels like if we have a lot to say about a movie, we can go on about it for like an hour if we don't have that much to say besides a list of like complaints, uh, (laughs) then, then, you know, it only takes us like 20 minutes and, uh, and, and that's fine because we have other shit we can do and we're looking for more shit. Exactly. We're always on Yeah. Movie night, man, is Sam and Evan, where we are looking for more shit. (laughs) It's just going to be an hour and a half of crap. We're just like, you can put our shit, your shit here. Give us your shit. (laughs) Yeah, please do. Well, like, metaphorical shit not literal they, shit they don't have our mailing addresses they can't actually send us shit good point but also we do live <laughs> in a modern society where people could probably find out where we live quite uh, easily don't give them so. ideas they could probably email us <laughs> pictures of shit oh, okay and that would be fun that'd be funny that would be kind of funny but i would have to look at them first so at least make them humorous shit first person who sends us a picture of shit wins a prize and the prize encourage this the prize is actual human shit that i'll send to you courtesy of my personal favorite (laughs) shit factory 
You know how people you know how people have craft breweries they like? I have I have I have connections. I've got a shit guy. You've got a shit guy. I, I, I got a pipeline to the to the best quality shit. I'm not. Right, I can't. I can't. We should leave. Yeah, let's get the fuck out. Let's get the fuck out. Pack our bags and move. Yeah. We'll even. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye bye. Bye bye.